0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Between the Lines. On this podcast, you will hear about and from lesser-known Canadian authors and writers who, for whatever reason, have remained under the radar of traditional publishers and publishing houses. You will also hear from editors, literary agents, and publishers, in the hopes of giving us all a better understanding of how it all works together. If it has something to do with writing or the writing process, you are going to hear a discussion about it here. I'm your host, Randy Lacey. I'm encouraging you to grab your bevy of choice, get comfy, and get ready to go between the lines. People come into writing in several different ways. For some, it was a teacher at school handing out a writing assignment. While for others, it may have been by reading and wondering... If they might be able to write. Every writer has started their writing journey on a different path. Each writer's journey will be different, yet similar. But one thing all writers have in common is a different destination. Hello, and welcome to Between the Lines. On this episode, I will be talking with romance novelist Katie O'Connor. She has authored 23 romance novels to date and has another due out soon. Having a romance novelist is a first for Between the Lines, and I have to say I'm a little nervous about it. Hello, Katie, and welcome to Between the Lines.
1: Hi, Randy. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited for this.
0: Uh, So am I, and it's my pleasure, actually. So I wonder if you'd be so kind as to give the audience a brief idea about what makes you
1: be you. What makes me be me? Right off the bat, you give me the hard questions, don't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Who am I? I am a mom, a grandma, a wife, a hunter, a crafter. I'm rabidly in favor of free speech. I split my time with between Calgary and a camping spot in the summer. We camp near Drayton Valley. I love to laugh. I'm very rarely serious. I love swearing. I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. There's just something really satisfying about it. But mostly, I really love writing romance. I just have so many stories that I like, that I want to tell. A couple of weird facts about me. I'm a range safety officer, so I'm trained to run a gun range. And for a hobby, I used to shoot people. I used to belong To a gunfight group and we used to put on mock gunfights and being pretty much the only woman in the group I usually won it was actually it was quite a lot of fun
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) thanks for sharing that little bit about yourself I guess we'll go right into question period now I I sent you a general idea of you know questions that you selected from a, a big list and having learned a little bit about you Before this, there were some other questions that came up, and I was going to surprise you with that bonus question that nobody ever knows until it's time. But I think I'm going to ask it now first. So you're a romance novelist. With that being said, there's a lot of talk in writing groups and whatnot that you need to write about what you know or love. Yes. So why romance novels?
1: Why is it romantic? something you
0: know a lot about or something?
1: My husband is probably the least romantic man on the planet. <laughs> He's an amazing husband in all other aspects, but he is not romantic. And I was probably 12 the first time I stole a romance novel out of my mother's bedroom.
0: Like a Harlequin romance?
1: Like a Harlequin, like the really, really bad harlequin romances it was a little tiny thin one it was called roses for breakfast the plot was terrible the characters were terrible and to this day I still love it I wish I could get my hands on it again and (laughs) I've just I've, I've loved romance ever since then I've been reading them since then I when I was about 19 which is a really long time ago I started trying to write them. And I wrote some epic trash. Like you cannot even fathom how horrid they were. Like, beyond. And I, I still have the notes on them and the stuff that I wrote. And, yeah, when I die, people are going to have a blast reading my first efforts. But I've been writing writing romance ever since then. Just because I love it. I love romance. I love The feeling of hope that comes from them, the feeling of, there's a feeling of contentment that I get when I read them. It's like my happy place.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am, but there is quite a difference between romance and erotica.
1: Yes, there sure is. Romance varies in heat level from very, very sweet to, which would be the characters rarely kiss and touch until the very end and it varies all the way up to full steamy sex scenes but the biggest the difference between romance and erotica is erotica is, erotica is more about the sex and in romance it is about the romance if you take out sex the story still stands it's still it's a, a complete it's a story. process
0: of getting to that end
1: it is and something significant to the characters will happen within every sex scene they're not just there for the fun of it
0: there is there a difference between forbidden and taboo
1: oh absolutely okay. forbidden is culturally acceptable but say your parents don't approve of her okay taboo would be the would be i have a real problem with taboo romances it's kind they kind of a but an issue for me the things like involve incest or teachers and students things that to me that are very morally wrong okay now not everybody agrees with that and that's okay they're not something that i would write and they're not something that i would read but to each his own
0: so taboo would be just a moral a question of morals
1: that's what i consider moral some people consider falling in love with your stepbrother Okay, and that would, it's sort of in the taboo genre. I think it's not good. Other people think it's okay.
0: Well, there's no blood involved.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's a gray area for me.
0: It's okay. All right, well, everybody's got those gray areas.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, so now we'll actually start the interview. (laughs) (laughs) How many writing projects do you have on the go at any one time?
1: Six, seven, ten? I know, that's a funny question. I focus on one. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm focusing on a Christmas novella that's part of a series. Okay. But at the same time, I'm working on two more Christmas novellas because I have Christmas on the brain right now for some reason. Apparently. But I have several nonfiction projects on, on the way. So when I'm having trouble with one, I move on to something different. I have a minimum word count that I try to do seven days a week, really. I do. I try to write at least two thousand words a day. Wow, but if it's not going or if it is going well, I literally will not get out of my chair for the entire day. I will get up in the morning and start writing and take a break to eat get back you know get back to it. If the words are coming, I just write until they stop coming,
0: yeah, yeah, there are some people who when teaching writing or, or along those lines will say set yourself a realistic goal for writing words per day. Now has yours always been 2,000 or did you start smaller and then realize that oh I can I can do more?
1: I used to write when I felt like it. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how rarely you feel like it.
0: Well life, yeah, life does get in the way sometimes but if you're in a position like me where I don't have a job and I've got nothing to keep me overly occupied, I can sit down and I can bang out how many thousand words or hundred words or, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a world-class procrastinator. If there was a procrastinator Olympics, I wouldn't show up. I,
0: I hear that a lot from many of the people I've interviewed.
1: <laughs> so, so setting myself a goal works. And if, if it's a day that the words don't want to come, I'll back up and I'll read the last two chapters that I wrote and do sort of light edits as I go. Mm-hmm. And usually by the time I get to the end, I'm back in the headspace I was when I stopped. That's so funny because a
0: lot of the people that teach writing will tell you, don't worry about editing right away.
1: Well, it's not a really an edit, it's more reading it to see where I was and get my brain back where it was and if I see a spelling mistake or one of those sentences that looks like it was one sentence rewritten seven times and parts of all seven sentences are there then I'll fix it yeah
0: that's me <laughs> that's how I write <clears throat> uh, are you the type of writer who only wants to hear positive critique of your work no why not
1: um yeah I gotta say hell no I want you to read. I want you to read it, and I want you to tell me. You know what? This part was really so- strong. This part wasn't working for me. It was awkward. The words didn't make sense. Or you've used the color yellow seventeen times so far. I see. That's one of my things that I do. I get on colors for some reason. I want to know what I'm doing wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want my beta readers and my editor to tell me. This part's not good because I want my readers to get the best product that I can get them. And if I wanted nothing but praise, I'd get my mom to read all my books.
0: There you go. There's the truth of the matter right there. I'm a firm believer that with negative critique, you can learn about your writing. Absolutely. I don't want my ears tickled. I don't really care if you like it or not. It doesn't mean anything. It's an opinion. Yes right how it makes you feel how it you know what it uh provokes in your thoughts or whatever if it does that that's what i want to hear whether it's good or bad
1: very much so and i'm not saying that i like it i when i get comments back from a reader i frequent you know from a beta reader i frequently stomp stomp around and grumble and complain and then i start thinking about it okay um maybe i have a point just because it was my favorite part doesn't mean that it was well done
0: Now, before the interview started, we were talking and you say you like to swear like a trucker. That's the opportunities that you find to do that?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm on my best behavior right here. I really don't filter my swearing.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate the fact that you are doing that for for us.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to be professional.
0: Well, it's coming across quite professionally. So thank you. Thank you. Have you ever read a book? and thought to yourself i should write a sequel to this if so which book was it
1: of somebody else's books never yeah. no no never never i frequently i've thought i want to read more of this series but it would it never occurred to me to to finish off somebody else's work like that
0: okay so that let's let's change the the, the question only slightly Have you ever read a book and thought to yourself, hey, I could have written that. Absolutely. Yeah? Which one?
1: Oh man. Oh man. Uh, Yeah. I don't I'm terrible with other people the names of other people's books. I really am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did I put you on the
1: spot? You absolutely did. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to say, you know, I have thought I could have written that and I've, I could have written it better, but for the life of me, I couldn't give you a title.
0: Okay. Is it within romance or is it something else?
1: I read romance. I read a little bit of science fiction fantasy. Um, I don't read much else I admit, but probably in romance because I do, I read about five or six books a week.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, they're not really generally large books, are they?
1: Uh, they're 50 to 90,000 words. Wow, I'm a fast reader, writing okay. is my job, and okay. reading other people's work is part of the job. There
0: you
1: go. But now, if we were talking about my own books, I think in sequels.
0: You think when I'm writing sequels.
1: one book while I'm writing that book, even if I intend for it to be a standalone, I'm thinking of the books that could potentially come afterwards. So, if I take my two main characters and they have best friends while I'm writing those interactions, I'm thinking about who could her best friend end up with and How could I plant the seed (laughs) in this book just in case I decide I want to write the sequel.
0: So you're a conniver.
1: I am. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that's the, isn't that the best part about writing? It is. I mean, really writing fiction is you're just telling lies. And it's okay.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's almost like, and I mean no offense to my lawyer friends, but it's like being a lawyer. You're going to lie about <laughs> everything
1: and get paid for it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's, that's good stuff right there. What do you consider the hardest part about your writing journey? Is it uh, the writing itself or the publishing or, or even the marketing?
1: Plus the marketing. Yeah. For me, it's. Absolutely the marketing.
0: Now, are you self-published or?
1: I have had contracts with three different publishers. Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
1: One of which was canceled when we disagreed on how masculine my hero should be. They wanted him to to be all soft and wishy-washy and I was having no part of that. So we parted ways, but I've had three traditional deals, but now I am. Totally indie published. Okay. In part because I'm really impatient. I want I want my stories written. I want them out there and I want total control. But marketing, I suck at marketing. So by total
0: control, you mean all the money?
1: No, editorial Mm -hmm. control. I want I want I want a veto on my cover. I want my characters on the cover to look the way I think they should look. I want them to behave the way I think they should behave. I don't want any. I don't want anybody messing with my creative vision.
0: So when you go through a traditional publisher and they have their people saying, "Well, like you were saying, I think it should be this. I should think it should be that." At what point does that book stop becoming yours?
1: I think it. I think it depends. My my first two contracts, there was there were very little change. There was a lot of grammar type edits Mm -hmm. because grammar is not my strong suit. But they let the story stand. They fixed a few plot holes, but they left the story stand. Mm -hmm. But in the other contract, they didn't like my hero's ex-girlfriend's career. Okay. They didn't like that he was competent with children. It was a secret baby story. Okay. They didn't like that he was competent with children. And he was much too strong and masculine and forceful. And if you, to me, if you took those points away, you lost a lot of the book, and I wasn't prepared to accept that.
0: And you stood by your guns.
1: I did. I did. And I've published the start of the series. I'm working on books six right now, and it is selling really, really well, and I get a ton of fan mail. So, nana na na boo boo to them.
0: That's a testament to what you stood up for. I believe so. Actually, good for you. Uh, What's going on around you when you sit down to write? Uh, Is there music playing in the background, Uh, a dog or a cat nearby, Uh, Newton's Cradle doing its thing, cradling?
1: Okay, i got to ask, what is Newton's Cradle?
0: So you know those, uh, uh, like, six balls in a row and you click? Oh, yeah. That's a Newton's Cradle.
1: That would make me crazy when I was writing. I write primarily in silence. Oh. When I read a Christmas book, I have Christmas music playing in the background, Mm -hmm. usually instrumental. When I'm editing, if it's a book that like a I write a lot of rural fiction, I sometimes have country music playing classical or big band jazz music. But (laughs) music with lyrics, no, I cannot because I will sing, I want to get up and dance. And the lyrics will end up on the page. I, it's My brain doesn't have that kind of wide bandwidth to do all that all at the same time.
0: No, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. But So when I tell you that I've got a 15-hour playlist that I have when I'm writing that has everything from classical up to thrash metal playing while I write.
1: I would love to listen to that, but not while I'm writing. <laughs> I mean, my, the, the music on my playlist for Around the House is very wide. It's got, yeah, a little bit of metal, a little bit of country, a little bit of rap, classic. sorry, but you don't
0: look like a metal queen to me.
1: Very little. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's narrow it down to the heavy metal soundtrack from the movie. That's about it.
0: Uh, like heavy metal, the movie? Yeah. Wonderful. I have that. That's a great soundtrack. <laughs> no, that's... that's uh... Well, you know, some people prefer silence. Some people like music. And uh, going back to a, a question earlier during season one, I interviewed somebody, and they were talking about uh, music and how they can't they can't have anything playing because, like you said, it's such a distraction that it would end up in their story. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it?
1: I would I would end up with the lyrics. I would be typing what I was singing because I will inevitably sing horribly along with the music. And, uh, and it's funny because I can go to a restaurant and sit in a restaurant and write for hours. And if I'm at home, my husband can be in the basement making as much noise as he wants. But if he starts talking, i am done. Really? It, it really, I mean, he's kind of gotten used to me saying, Can you just shut up? I'm trying to write.
0: So that brings up another question. Then, do you is there a place that you uh, secure yourself away from to be able to write uninterrupted? No. Get your Um, husband to build you a little shed out in the garage with a bed and typewriter, and
1: I have an office. Okay. That I do not use. I sit. I have a lap desk, a little, you know, in those little foam-backed lap desks yeah I sit in my recliner with my feet up and that's where I work
0: so what's the point of the office just to store your books
1: I'm pretty sure it's just to store stuff that I haven't put away yet (laughs) all the stuff that goes upstairs to be put away ends up in the office yeah it doubles as a sewing room
0: ah well see there you go because you are a creator a crafter you said so
1: I am and just it's a sewing room but coincidentally the sewing machines on the kitchen table
0: do you design your own book covers
1: no I do not
0: no you you uh shop them out eh I do is there, I, is there any one place or person that you use or
1: I primarily use oh wait for it <laughs>
0: no <laughs> insert Jeopardy music here
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> have you ever I heard used- of Fiverr
1: I have heard of Fiverr and I have used Fiverr, but not for covers. I use Crooked Sixpence Designs for my paranormal romances. Okay. And I use, oh, her name is Laura Heritage, but I can't remember the name of her company for my regular romances.
0: Well, you said enough that people can Google it.
1: And both are very easy to work with.
0: Okay. So, paranormal romance. Have you ever seen the movie? Or there might have been a book, I don't know, called The Entity. It's an it older rings- movie starring Barbara Hershey.
1: It rings a bell, but not really.
0: Okay. Well, now that I've put a little earworm in you, uh, you might want to go out and look for the book or the movie or whatever. But it's it's an older movie, like 70s or maybe even the early 80s. But Barbara Hershey was the main character. House haunted and there was a, a very frisky ghost.
1: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd put
1: that out there. <laughs> okay. that That's interesting because it, I, I, in the back of my mind, I've got this idea for a romance with a fireman, but he's a ghost. Okay.
0: Did you ever see the movie Ghost
1: Story? Yes. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, have you ever received help from others in the writing community? Was it beneficial? And how do you, how did you pay them back?
1: Um, you know, I've received absolutely a ton of help from other people on everything from stru- story structure, plotting, character development. I have a regular group of authors who beta read for me. Mm-hmm. So I send it out and they send it back telling me which what works and what doesn't. I've received story critiques, help with social media pimping and promo There's literally not an aspect of writing that somebody hasn't helped me with something. There's there's a really big learning curve when you're getting started. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I find that most writers are really generous sharing what they know. If you approach them humbly, if you approach them like a jerk, then maybe not so much. Or maybe that's just how I react.
0: No, that's a valid point.
1: How do I pay them back? Yeah.
0: Or do you feel you need to?
1: Oh, absolutely. I believe the writing community is stronger when we help each other out. Which if is I, part and
0: parcel why I do this podcast.
1: I'm in a lot of author support groups. I, and I mean support as in help each other out, not as in alcoholic anonymous type support <laughs> groups. Yeah. I'm a writer and I can't stop.
0: Hi, my name's Randy and I'm a writer.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hi Randy. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: exact, exactly exactly. <laughs> I, I do try to share share what I know there, you know when people are off say, "You know, does this work or is there something wrong with this?" I'll kindly offer my opinion or offer to help them out with whatever they need help with. I think it's really good.
2: I'm chuckling. I think I
1: would like to be involved in a writer mentor program. You know, you skipped a question, right? You skipped a question.
0: Which one did I skip?
1: What is the hardest thing you ever had to or tried to write? Okay, so now you have it. (laughs) Okay. I'm working on a domestic thriller.
0: A domestic thriller?
1: Yeah. It's about a middle-aged woman who's being stalked by her husband. She married him as a teenager and was unaware of his sort of twisted side. But over the years, she's come to realize what he's all about. And she is trying to get away from him and protect their children from him. But it's really hard to write because it's really graphic. And the whole stalking danger aspects, they terrify me. Really it's, hard, it's really hard to get that fear on the page.
0: Is that something you've experienced
1: personally? or No, it is not.
0: If Do you it's feel not. that if you had it would be easier to write?
1: I think if I had it would be cathartic to write it,
0: well, okay,
1: I don't know if it would be easier it it would be i could potentially be harder.
0: I was just gonna offer to come down to Calgary and like maybe freak you out or something.
1: you forget <laughs> that I'm a good shot,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> and that in no way was an actual threat just to just to clarify,
0: oh you know what i I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening,
1: <laughs> exactly, I, I'm
0: kind of a hard target to miss. So, So, yeah, okay, I can understand how that would be hard to write. Again, going back to if it's happened to you, it's probably something that we'd have a little bit an easier time trying to write it or capture it. I mean, you're a writer, you've got 23 books, another one on the way. I mean, obviously there's no shortage of words or descriptions or whatever for you. But something of that nature, the the whole yeah, it would be hard to capture, wouldn't it?
1: It really would be. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm a princess. I have had a very blessed life. I have I'm no sorry, great... I'm looking
0: for your crown, but I don't see it.
1: Yeah, it's in my mouth in oh. the back. <laughs> so the dentist said, Katie, you need a crown and I said, I know, right? Right. <laughs> no, so I I have no great tragedies in my life no huge ups, no huge downs. I just, everything just goes on a nice, even level. So some of those really dark emotions, I think everybody feels the same emotions, but I I've never been in that kind of physical fear for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in places where I've been terrified, where I lost my kid in the mall, but it, it's, it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing, if that makes sense.
0: I've dealt with many parents who have lost their kids in a mall. I used to be security supervisors yeah. in a mall and stuff like that. So I, I've encountered parents like that. So, What motivates you to write and why, especially romance?
1: My brain is full of stories. Like story and sto- story. I wake up with st- novels in my head fully plotted out I will dream the whole novel they're just there and if I don't get them out my head's gonna blow up
0: <laughs> that sounds like a, a skit from Saturday Night Live or something
1: it does but but I also I want to entertain people I don't want people to give people hope because I really think in a I like to think that the most the thing that I'm giving my readers is a sense of hope hope for the future and hope for their lives I'm not sure that if that comes through I believe it does but I'm not my reader so I couldn't tell you
0: so there is an inspirational aspect to what you write
1: yeah inspirational yes but not in terms of religious inspiration oh no 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 yeah if I, okay. if I had
0: meant that I would have said that
1: a I sense do, of I, hope
0: I, is that is is inspi- inspiring right
1: it is inspiring yes there's I just I love I love a great romance story they can provide there's they're a great escape but they can also teach things I've learned a lot of things through stories or they've put me on to something you know hey I really really want to know more about how to do that or what Paris was really like back then
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So,
0: so do you have to do a lot of research for
1: romance novels not a lot. I mean, it depends on what you're writing. I write contemporary, so mm-hmm. set in, in the here and now, and mm-hmm. I write in fictional locations that are a blend of places in the province that I have lived or visited. Okay. But there are there are things I look up just to get my facts straight. I have a friend who's a rancher, so if I have ranching questions, I go to him. But um. not a lot for what I do. If I was writing historical, I would have to do probably quite a lot and you want to get your facts right i find it very frustrating when i read a book and they put up a three strand barbed wire fence to contain buffalo <laughs> <laughs> and to keep the wolves out yeah yeah I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah wait maybe they you got to mean something different You you said three strand barbed wire but maybe you don't really know what that is yeah
0: i have no idea what it is and i have a lot of farmer friends so
1: well, a three-strand barbed wire fence is three strands of barbed wire, and it takes something considerably stronger than that to stop a buffalo.
0: Uh probably like electricity.
1: <laughs> no, just a big, bigger, sturdier, taller fence.
0: Okay, so you have you have knowledge. There you go.
1: I know something. I know that at least.
0: In uh, in my group this morning, I I made a post that said uh, something to to the effect of. <clears throat> It said that to write about something, you need to know something. But what if you don't know anything?
1: But Everybody knows something. Well, yeah. I think you... We all know more about any topic than somebody else. But there's also somebody out there who knows more than we do, even if we think we're an expert.
0: Right. What do you think about uh, men writing women in their stories do you think they have an idea of what they're know uh, what they're writing about or
1: some do some have absolutely no idea
0: is that frustrating for you as a woman
1: i don't read very many male romance authors i mean unless they're writing under a pen name
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if they are i haven't noticed that they don't know anything about women
0: okay so one of my favorite authors dean Koontz, he's got mm, six or seven different pseudonyms that he writes under and two of them are women, and okay. so I'm guessing I haven't read them but for whatever reason, I don't know. but I'm guessing that, as a writing as a female author, that there's more to do from a female perspective than not. I, I don't know if that's true or not, because, like I said, I haven't read, but I, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I'll stop right there.
1: Okay, because you're starting to confuse me, and I'm thinking, I don't know where he's going.
0: Good, good, good. You're not the only one then. All right. Uh, Let's move along to part two, which I uh, call Shameless Plugging. So now we get to talk about uh, the other important stuff, uh, like your books, um, other writing projects, and whatnot. So the first question I will ask you is, what works do you currently have? in publication so plug your most recent or you know whatever ones you want that you care to
1: okay right now the series that I'm focusing on is my Coyote Creek series which is the series that I broke the contract for book number one is called A Lesson in Love and it's in Kindle Unlimited and it's only 99 cents the rest of my books are all wide on all the other platforms but that one That series is just in Kindle. So it is this romance, obviously. (laughs) I know.
2: It's Um, not a dark thriller.
1: (laughs) It's not a dark thriller. Those ones are hard to write. So, book six in that series is coming out late May or early June. And book seven will be out at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I really, I just love this series. I love the characters. I think they're all awesome. It's amazing. But right now, the book I'm really the most proud of is my creative career planning workbook for authors. It's designed for new authors to figure out who they are as an author and where they go where they want to go in their career. It uses mind mapping, doodling, coloring, charts, graphs, just random note taking to figure all that out.
0: Okay. I, I noticed that you did comment on a recent post of mine with regards to mind mapping. I did. Yes, you did. and, and I did so...
1: because I, I do a sort of mind map, but that's a different topic. But yeah, so I've got 23 books. It's really hard to plug them all. But my focus right now is on Christmas books and on the Coyote Creek series.
0: Fair enough. Question number two then is, do you presently have anything you're working on and you've already said that and and how close is it to completion so you've got a book coming out in may you've got a christmas one is there anything else that you're working on that it may be close to
1: uh i've got a um novella a christmas novella coming out at christmas and christmas book in the coyote creek series is Half-written. I have a lot of half-written projects. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I have a lot of we'll never see the light of day projects, but I also have a lot of half-written projects that will be coming out. I have five or six, depending on how my productivity is, books coming out for the rest of this year. Writing is what I do, so I always have a lot of things Partially written, fully written, and in edits, or with the beta readers with editors, there's a lot of stages
0: yes, there is and-
1: i don't un I don't understand authors, and it works for them, so that's okay, but I don't understand an author who can write it, edit it, and then not write again until it's public till it's back from the editor and done and off for publishing. That's so much wasted time. For my brain. And yeah, we're not all the same.
0: No, no. um, And yeah, no, we're not. I'm not going to go any further than that. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any one, and I'm going to put you on the spot here again, so be prepared. Is there any one of your books in which you are more particularly uh, fond of and why?
1: Christmas in Silver Creek. What? I think it's the best book that I ever wrote so far. I like to think I'm getting better with every book I write.
2: Well, I wrote I it.
1: So. Well, you never know, right? It's 50,000 words, give or take. I wrote it in eight days with a pen and paper. Seriously? Seriously. Well, okay, eight days, but. I went to visit my mother in Edmonton, and I got stranded there in a snowstorm, and I didn't have my computer. I was there for three days. So I wrote about two chapters of it with a pen and paper because I didn't have a computer. And then that summer, I when I went back to it, when we were camping, I literally sat down and wrote nonstop for eight days.
0: Writing by the
1: firelight. Yeah. It was... I think it's a really strong story with really good- really believable characters, okay and I just there's just something about it it's just it's the story that makes me feel the best
0: okay, so I will ask you another question with regards or in the same vein as that one that we were talking about. is there a favorite character that you have from any of your books?
1: Oh absolutely, yeah. my favorite two characters. Are first of all is Grace in the book Saving Grace, and then is the then the heroine, my heroine in Cupid's Charm. Both of them are really, really insecure, really broken. They're they have no self-confidence. They're not that great with dealing with people. And honestly, there's a whole lot of me in both of them.
2: I and I think that good... I think
1: that's what makes them my favorite. And they're kind, they've got some really hard edges that Readers have commented that, yeah, she's so harsh. And that's kind of me.
0: I was going to ask how much of you is in your book. So you just.
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, I think I don't think you can anyone can avoid putting a bit of themselves in their books. But in those two books in particular, there's a lot of me in those girls.
0: Well, again, going back to what I was asking earlier with regards to writing about what you know. And if you're writing about what you know, then you are going to be in what you write.
1: Absolutely. There's Absolutely. no avoiding it.
0: No matter how hard we try.
1: Yes, I totally agree. But and I'm, and I'm seeing now in the books I'm writing now, my characters are a lot more focused on finding their positivity, because that's something that I've just gone through myself is, working on making myself a more positive person okay
0: that's a good place to be a a little off topic but i mean dead on to 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 writing and stuff like that you're talking about beta readers and and you know people that we let read our stuff uh do you do you often find that you can't trust what family says about what you write
1: what my family says yeah
0: or friends. I mean cuz you know they they're the closest to us and they, they like um, they they want us to you know do well but and they mean well but are they totally honest with us?
1: My uh, my mom I'm pretty sure she would tell me I'm just the most awesome on the planet. <laughs> I, I and that's okay. We all need a little bit of that. Yeah. My sister used to be like that. My sister is now my assistant oh. and and she is my last reader after I've done all my final edits. And she's never harsh, but nothing slips. She has read all of my books 17 times, which is probably more than I've read them. And she makes notes. And she came to so the other day. She said, did you know in this book, you described this house totally differently in two different spots. So you're going to have to fix that. So okay. family and friends, my my mom, my best my best friend would lie. My mom would lie. But my beta readers and the authors who I work with, I believe that they would tell me the truth. Sometimes they might not be as harsh as they should be.
2: Mm-hmm. Because. Know of, go ahead.
1: Oh, because I. We don't write our best book right off the hop. No. I mean, I maybe there are people out there who can write a book in one shot. I'm not one of them i'm a I'm a cat box writer
0: what's a cat box
1: writer A cat box writer? You have the little cat box and it's full of sand and you go in there to make your sand castle your books your sand castle, so you go in the first thing you got to do is write the whole thing, so that's the filling the box with sand and the next thing I have to do is scoop out all the cat curds, which are the stuff that doesn't belong, and then I can morph it into something that's reasonable,
0: okay. That's
1: fair enough. Yeah, is it? Cuz I I do end up with a lot of stuff in my rough draft that needs cut.
0: What do you do with the rough that rough stuff that you take out?
1: It depends on what it is. Some of it is just junk. Some of it doesn't fit the characters and I put it in a cut file and save it. I've used bits and pieces in other books because I'll say, oh yeah, those two characters. You know what? They act more like the people in that scene that I cut. So maybe I can pull that with a little bit of modification into another book.
0: Have you ever written a character in a book and have somebody read it and go, "Hey, that's me"? No. Have you and ever? And yet
1: they should have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you do use your friends and family as character models.
1: Absolutely.
0: Nobody's recognized it.
1: Not yet. Uh, Not yet.
0: Now if they hear this they're going to go looking.
1: They are, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good thing too though. That means more sales for you. I hope so. How have sales been for you? I, I mean, you you're making a living at this, aren't you?
1: I wouldn't call it making a living. Okay. I I'm, I'm doing pretty well.
0: You're feeding your habit.
1: I'm feeding I'm feeding my well, yeah, my husband calls it my cover habit. Uh <laughs>
0: Do I dare oh, ask?
1: Good <laughs> covers are not cheap.
0: No, true enough.
1: They're not. Oh, I was going to say something and I totally forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, I I sort of dribbled along slow with sales increasing a little bit every couple of years. I've been published since 2011. But in the last couple of years since I narrowed my focus to more to contemporary small town romance since I've sort of narrowed my lane down. Sales have really taken off. So I don't know if I just have enough books that I'm discoverable or if I figured out what I'm best at. Okay. But I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah, well. Do you hardly
0: live in a small town
1: though. I I grew up in Fox Creek, which is halfway between Whitecourt and Valley View. 150 miles northwest of Edmonton.
2: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. So, so I know.
1: Apart. I so I know a small town.
0: I live in a small town. I live in. Yes, you do. Are you familiar with my my town? I am. Are you?
1: I am. My husband has relatives in the vicinity. Oh, I
0: think we we talked about that. That's we really. did. Okay, interesting. All right, here's the best part of all. Where can people um, contact or connect with you? Uh, things like uh, email or website or snail mail. Blog, Meta, formerly Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. I could go on.
1: You could go on, but don't. I'm not. My primary platform is Facebook. Um, if you can look me up as Katie O. Writes, so Katie O. H. rights. My website is katieorights.com. dot com. Um, you can email me at Katie at katieowrites dot com. Instagram, find me at Katie O O'Writes, always that O-H. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads. Mm -hmm. BookBub is my favorite book platform. Why? Uh, Because if you follow me on BookBub, every time I release a book, you get a notification that I've released a book. Or if I have a book on sale, you get a notification.
0: I think Amazon does that too.
1: They do. They do. But BookBub is all platforms where Amazon is just Amazon. And while my one series at this point is just on Amazon, everything else is wide. Okay. As an indie author, I'm experimenting with, okay, let's be honest, with what's going to generate me the most income.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Writing is not all about the money, but it is a factor.
0: All right, so here's our last question of the day. Uh, or-
1: oh, oh, wait, this is a surprise question, but that's okay. It's okay. Well, this this
0: counts as that surprise question. Okay. So what advice would you give any new writer and why that particular piece of advice?
1: Believe in yourself and write the damn book. You, if you don't write it, you'll never know if it's any good. And it's probably better than you actually think it is. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. It won't need editing. But if you don't write it, you can't fix it.
0: And join as many groups that uh with people who know about writing that can help you.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's really good advice. Uh
0: again, you've got to be careful about the groups you get into though, because some of them are just, you know, platforms for idiocy. And I, yes. I mean that in a nice way, but and that's why I started the group that I have is because I was getting sick and tired of all the the garbage that I was seeing that had nothing to do with writing.
1: Yes. And I and I've been in groups. About promotion, well, I made one hundred and sixty thousand dollars last year on writing. Yeah, but you're not telling us how much you spent on advertising. Did you spend one hundred and seventy-five thousand? Yeah. Did you spend three thousand? Or they're
0: not even telling you how they did it. They just "Eh, look what I did. Ha. -ha.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can and you can learn about this if you take my class. That's only nine hundred dollars. Beware the scammers is a good piece of advice too.
0: Yes. There are those out there as well. I, again, I don't have a lot of formal education in a whole lot of things. And there are a lot of good free writing courses online. Have you used any of them?
1: Bits and pieces from a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time searching how to do things. Right. So I'll take a piece of information. I just gave gave a talk on writing a series. So I probably visited a hundred different red websites and read what they said you have to do to write a series Mm -hmm. to see how it, how it aligned with how I write a series. And And you weren't far off, right? I I was pretty, well, some things we agreed on, some things we didn't, but that's like everything else. So anything I'm trying to learn, I visit a lot of websites and read a lot of different things.
0: that's, some really good advice right there is just to research and, and learn and grow. And yes. as you said, write the damn thing.
1: Correct. <laughs> just right, write it. Absolutely. Excellent.
0: Katie, thank you so much for agreeing to come on to uh, Between the Lines. It's been fun. And, uh, and maybe we can do this again down the road when you've got another 23 books under your belt.
1: Okay.
0: And, and, uh, but it's been fun, and and thank you so much for doing this.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me here. It's, it's been awesome. You're a great host.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to Between the Lines. In future episodes, I will not only be speaking with Canadian authors and writers, I will also be speaking with those from the other side of the writing industry, editors, agents, and publishers, in the hopes of getting a better understanding of how it all works together. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and content. Send all your comments, suggestions, or any questions you'd like to have a guest answer to me at podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit me at www.therandylacey.ca. While there, look for the Buy Me a Coffee button, to help support the podcast. Thank you for your time and your ears. Tune in, be inspired, and write on.